business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM, and it's great to be back with you. It's nine minutes past 12 on this Tuesday afternoon, and it is basically the first week back at work for everybody. Most people have returned to work. Most kids are going back to school sometime during this week. Construction industry, maybe this week, maybe next week, but on the whole, the wheels of the economy in South Africa are starting to turn. And there's this very sad expression that we use that the lights are on, but no one's home. And unfortunately, in South Africa, that may very well be the case. Not only are the lights on, but the loudspeakers are on also. The TV, the television, all the noise is there. We're running to the International Court of Justice in The Hague. We're making big noises where we don't necessarily need to be making them. But when it comes to the day-to-day running of our economy, South Africa is really looking down the barrel of the proverbial gun, so to speak. Last Sunday, I spent a beautiful day in the Kamatipuat and uh, Malalan area. It was really nice just to be down there and drive there, the beautiful roads, the open country, the magnificent scenery But the amount of trucks on that road are absolutely staggering. And on the one hand, you could could say, well, that's a sign of a growing economy. But unfortunately, in any growing economy, you do not transport that amount of good on road when you can do it by rail. Transporting that amount of goods by road, number one, is not efficient from a fuel point of view. It's destructive to the roads. It's frustrating to other road users. It brings in tolls to the government, but that's about all it does. You can transport 10 times more good, so much more efficiently by rail. But what you need is an operating rail infrastructure, which South Africa has let decay decade after decade after decade. And I don't want to be misunderstood But South Africa inherited a working railway network that was world-class. Today, we have a railway network that is dysfunctional. And that only happens because of mismanagement across the board. Well, I'm very, very excited to welcome back to the show Ian Petty, who is the MD of Crown Relocations. Ian, welcome back to High FM. Thanks, Avi. Nice to be back. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for the invite. It's a pleasure. The moment I saw article come out, come out, I knew I needed to speak to you, first of all, because the topic is so glaring and important. And who to explain it better than yourself, who works in it every day. But you're not a doomsday prophet. We're not going to sit here and bemoan the issue because you've also come up with five or six practical, tangible ways that the issue can be fixed. But let's not let's stop talking in innuendo and let's get straight to the point. South African ports are a mess. And as you wrote in the article, 
you say here, a country's competitiveness on the global stage is intrinsically linked to the effectiveness of its ports as they form the backbone of resilient and interconnected economy. In essence, the significance of a well-functioning port system extends far beyond the physical boundaries. It reaches into the heart of the nation's economic prosperity. That basically sums it up. How bad is our situation? Well, Amy, you know, November and December was was absolutely disastrous. We really um, sat in a, a particularly all the, um, the, the 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 commercial retail shops. Uh, all of their their product was out at sea and in containers, waiting to come into port. Ports were absolutely dysfunctional, and uh, you know, lots of the ships did not make it in time. And uh, Containers now still being cleared were were, were December goods, you know, to, to to sell over the Christmas period. So I think the biggest issue that we have, and you know, things have evolved a little bit since I wrote that that uh, that uh, that, it, 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 that editorial. But you know, the the National Treasury now are are, are considering giving. Uh, I think it's forty seven billion rand to 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 Transnet. But what Transnet needs is 130 billion to to fix their, their 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 fiasco and their problems they have. As you quite rightfully say, we need rail. We don't need the trucks on the road. And uh, there's just such a, a a dysfunctional port at the moment. De- de- derailments, equipment shortages, vandalism, corruption, poor weather is also really uh, has 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 put the noose around our neck over the last few months. But I think the the um, the biggest issue now is uh, is good management to to try and sort this out. We we have managed to clear a lot of the backlog at, at the ports at the moment, but there still is a, a lot of containers out in the on, on the ocean that we need to get cleared. But uh, we do have major issues at port still trying to manage manage what's happening. If, if I can also just say Durban port, uh, in, in the, we signed an agreement with the a Filipino company to actually privatize the Durban port to come in, a, a Filipino company to come and take over the port. And that, that still hasn't happened. This agreement was signed in October, September, October last year. And they reckon this is only going to happen now in, in March, April this year that they will physically take over. Cape Town also asking for their port to be privatized, but um, the decision still needs to be made. But the problem is we have a lot of dysfunctional equipment at the ports and uh, we are sitting with a lot of retail companies that are that are pulling their hair out. You know, Ian, if we look at ESCOM, we we had a CEO who came in. He was a big man in, in, in physical stature. He spoke a talk and he, he really was going to come up there with a fresh broom. And eventually the... You know, you can only smash your head against a concrete wall for so long. And then he also had to depart. By bringing in a privatized company, um, is the agreement such that the company would have carte blanche to run the ports as efficiently as they are mandated to do? Or are they going to be shackled by bureaucracy and corruption? Well, maybe they've, they've the, the the agreement with this Filipina International Container Terminal Services company is that they will have carte blanche. But the problem is why they have not managed to get onto the ground yet is because of the bureaucracy and because of management of Transnet have, are putting in, um, you know, are, 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 are laboring the the process because there are jobs involved. There are and they need to come in 
carte blanche and make sure that the people on the ground are productive and do things correctly. So um, they reckon in, by April, the Filipino International Container Terminal Services will be on the ground in Durban. Whether this happens or not is another thing, but the agreement has been signed. You know, Ian, if anybody goes onto YouTube and they just do YouTube like offloading container ships and you look some of those mask ships that come in with thousands of containers and they've got these guys sitting up in their perches on these cranes and they upload and unload and offload. It is like clockwork. Um, you know, South Africa gets so many things right. And just to give South Africa a punt, I traveled quite a bit in December. South African International Airport is absolutely fantastic. It's world-class, it's friendly, it's efficient. Even the way your suitcase comes off the carousel. I mean, you come back to Israel and there's just suitcases jumbled on top of each other. There is a sensor. If there's a case there, it stops and then it comes off. And you often have a courteous chap just standing there turning the suitcase to make sure it's easy to take it when you come off. Little things like that, just so we can get it right. But our, 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 our terminals really need to, to go forward. Um, one of the questions interesting that just came up is that, um, so Mosithle wants to know, um, is the inefficiency of our ports not compounded by the fact that it is used as major smuggling routes to get contraband into South Africa and from then on into other countries? I think it's a... Uh, you know, it's it's a bit of a bold statement to make. We don't know that for sure. But in this inefficiency, is there a significant amount of contraband that comes in? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I do believe there is contraband coming in, and they, 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 you know that, that is happening. I think our our our, um, our customs officials are pretty lax when it comes to that at ports. But, um, you know, the thing is, it, whether they can get in or not at the moment is the big issue. Are the gantries working? They're not. You know, if stuff is, whatever's in the containers trying to get into the country needs to get into the country. And just interestingly enough, when you spoke about airports now, is that sea freight congestion has boosted the air freight, sec the, the air freight sector. So the year end saw a major upturn in air freight. So a lot of the uh, supply chain companies are now moving their goods via air freight. So exactly what you're saying, that the, the airports work. And so, so people are rather now using the much more costly, costly method of, of transport, being air freight, to get their goods into South Africa because of the dysfunctional ports that we have. And ultimately, we all know who bears the cost of that one. It's us, and the brunt of the cost is borne, as always, by the poor of the poor. So, Ian, on that note, let's take a quick break and let's run to the shops. We'll be back with you okay. in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. On the line with me is Ian Petty, who's the MD of Global Relocations Company, Crowns, Crown Relocation South Africa. Ian, just before we get to the practical solutions that you've, you, you've come up with, there's just one or two things about the ports themselves. When we say lack of maintenance, here we're talking about heavy lifting equipment. And one thing we've learned from our power stations is that maintenance is an ongoing thing. Um, are our gantries, our cranes, whatever the correct technical term is, are they broken beyond repair? Or is it just a matter of overhauling it and getting in the right people to keep them going? 
Okay, maybe yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's a combination of, of, of both. Um, some of them have been be, uh, damaged beyond repair, but a lot of the gantries are repairable. And luckily, I think because of the November, December crisis we had, they, Transnet did come to the party to a certain degree and, and, and got priority for, for spare parts, for gantries and for all the, 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 the operational stuff in ports to, to get priority, to get spare parts, to get them working again. So, um, a lot of the, the dysfunctional stuff has started working. The current congestion has begun to ease a little because of this. But um, reports are saying that it's going to take until mid-2025 for the port terminals to regain their optimum, their optimal function functionality. And that's obviously if we can get these private operators also on board with us. Ian, a ship sitting out at sea, that doesn't happen for free, excuse the pun. You know, a ship sitting there, it's got a schedule um, to offload, to get out, to pick up, to go to somewhere else. Ultimately, how long are we talking about a ship being delayed and who actually bears that cost? Well, it's sadly, and in in my in my job, every morning when I when I look at my emails, I'm just getting uh, I'm inundated with uh, with emails from shipping lines putting up their costs. You know, the, with the, the crisis in the Red Sea now has also pushed up costs again. The the poor run ports contribute to our costs. So, with a ship sitting out at, 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 at out in the ocean waiting to go into port, um, it, it costs the the carrier or costs the the owner of that shipping line a lot of money. So they're implementing so many surcharges to recover their losses experienced from these ships being parked outside the Durban port for twenty days or more. And ultimately, that cost will be borne by the end consumer of the goods they're carrying? Absolutely. No, the customers, the customers just getting, and I think customers are getting so frustrated because they sign a contract with, with us or with, with suppliers or, or with their, 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 whoever they contract their goods with. And, the, and their cost suddenly just escalates astronomically because of the, uh, of the, uh, the delays that are caused absolutely not, nothing to do with the customer. The customer is absolutely at the mercy of, of the shipping lines and of the governments running the ports or not running the ports. Okay, let's put on our positive hat. Mr. Petty, you are now the Minister of Transport. The Minister of Finance has given you a blank check and he says to you, Ian, sort it out. What are you going to do? Okay. Maybe what really does need to happen, and I think you've mentioned that already, and I've, I've, I've said that also, is that we do need privatization. At the moment, in South Africa, a lot of the country, what's coming right in this country is people coming back here and private private companies are taking over a lot of the, the, the issues and the problems being caused over the last few years. So I think the biggest, my biggest... Uh, I, 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 my biggest wish is that the that we can get private companies involved in places like the port, the airlines, the railways, and that uh, you know that then things will start working. If if there's a vested interest in a, in 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 people not wanting to steal money, realizing it's my private company now, we want to make money. We want to either list our company, or whatever. But you need to make sure that things are efficient and work efficiently. So yeah, if it was my decision, if I was given carte blanche to sort out issues, I would look at lots of good private privatizing and at, at really good costs to to keep costs low and to make sure that things work better. I don't know if that helps you. 
That all absolutely does. And that, that we just we discussed earlier, as you said. Um, but again, there needs to be the political will for that to, to happen. And I suppose once that comes in, then things like streamlining, planning, and improving per- people management is almost a given because they've got a proven track record of doing that well. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, we, I've, we're seeing a lot, and I'm in the relocations business, me moving um, people's possessions in and out of the country, and we're seeing a massive influx of people moving back to South Africa. And I've been interviewing and speaking to a lot of these people, asking, why are you doing this? And they have suddenly, you know, the grass isn't always green on the other side, and a lot of people are coming back now saying, look here, Ian, I, I, I feel it comfortable back in South Africa. I know things aren't working. I'm, there are a lot of things I'm not happy with, but I want to help be part of fixing up the issues and fixing up the problems. And privatize, I know that there were a lot of things like BEE that were implemented where people say, my kids won't get jobs anymore. But I think there's a lot, that, that's almost falling by the way. And people are now saying, I want to be part of fixing up this issue. And and I can see a lot of private private companies now are really involved in a lot of a lot of Good thing, solar power. You know, if you look at the amount of people going, you know, sorting out the Eskom issue, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting just seeing, you know, the 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 way that the, the mindset, the way people are saying, look, yeah, I, I enjoy the weather in South Africa. There's certain things I enjoy. There's certain things I totally dislike, but I'm going to go and try and give it a bash to to try and help the family and friends that I still have left in 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 South Africa. Absolutely. And, and that's something we've often seen is that people leave, people come back. And, and myself, as someone who immigrated to Israel, um, I was very careful to not bash that country, which gave us basically everything we have. Um, often say says that it say that it gave us our gave our children their moral compass, the understanding about you know being able to speak to people across the board, creed, color, religion. And just to appreciate the, the amazing country it is, despite the poor leadership that it has at the moment. Um, in the railway network, you know, one of the things that South Africa prouded itself on in the early years, and I'm talking here post-Second World War, was an incredible railway infrastructure and great fencing on private land. And that just gave it a sense of functionality. Both those things seem to have gone by the wayside. Um, and there may be the barometers of the economy. But to fix a fence is one thing. To fix a railway is another story altogether, especially when you can't put down fiberglass rails, steel rails, punk, uh, stuff that's going to get stolen. How would you manage it? What's the plan? Well, yeah, yeah, Amy, I think the, uh, you know, South Africa has become quite vigilant and quite good as far as security is concerned. We've allowed things just to get get out of hand. I think there are a lot of private security companies that will get involved in sorting out the rail the rail issues if if people are given the opportunity to get involved in sorting out the rail. I, I think that I agree with you. Years ago, it was a great and well run uh, rail rail infrastructure. Been on the road to Cape Town this last December, seen the amount of trucks on the road. It's frustrating. Um, the rail the railway lines are still there. We need to get the you know the, a thousand containers in one go on a, on a on a train rather than a thousand trucks on the road that you've got to overtake and they're all driving together in convoy. But I think the the big issue is that um, there are some 
False Bay, I was down in Cape Town as well. False Bay has got some wonderful trains running right next to the, the side of the uh, you know, Musenberg, yes. Simonstown area. Some beautiful uh, carriages they've got now. So I think there's a change. There is a lot of privatizing is happening in the in the rail, railway infrastructure, and it cannot happen quick enough. We really do need to get our 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 freight moving by rail, not by road anymore. I know I'm part of the road freight industry in South Africa, but I do believe that there's a need for trucks to do the local deliveries. But as far as the long distance haulage, the railways need to need to come into play. But we need probably a lot more privatization again. And um, we have got the security. Um, I think in South Africa, we really have got really good security companies that can actually stop this theft and stop the the um you know what's 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 been happening if you look at the beautiful old railway stations we had around us years ago how they've all been pulled and steel roofs been pulled off them it's, it's terrible um you know also those horrible pictures going around of where electrical pylons all the cross braces have been stolen i don't know if that's one pylon but it's symptomatic of something that just never happened and once it's a broken window, you know, theory. Once you break one window, then you can go and break more. And in the, the thing that's a little bit more difficult to embrace, even though South Africa is very good at bringing up new legislation, is the embracing of maritime, maritime um, digitalization. Are our ports up to scratch when it comes to that? No, one thing I've said around the world, wherever I've gone, is that we are world class, if not world leaders in things like banking, insurance, our medical private facilities are just streets ahead of many, many first world countries. But are ports there or do we need to do a lot of upgrading? No, a lot of upgrading is needed, uh, AV. We've, with this Filipino company, the terminal services company is coming into Durban. They will bring then modern technology with them. But if, as you rightly said at the beginning, you've got these gantries with thousands of containers that have to be offloaded of, on, of, of ships daily. And if you haven't got a really good maritime um, digitalization system, you won't know where to find those containers. And there are containers that we do struggle to find at port because of the, of the poor the poor systems that we have uh, that we, we are having uh, on board so we do and and there are there are major things that we are looking at uh, uh, bringing maritime and these good uh, digitalized digital systems on board but we we far from where we need to be as i said it's going to probably take another good year and a half to be where we want to regain that optimum fun functionality at our ports with all this modern digitalization in place yeah, and you obviously struck a nerve when you spoke about the relocations company because we, we're getting many SMSs, but also on, the, on a similar vein. So the first thing um, people are asking about people leaving the country, and the general question is, is it a good time now to book a container? If somebody else wants to know, should I wait six months? Should I put my stuff in storage and then send it? Talk us through the process. What do you feel if a family is planning on immigrating in the in the next short while what what is your thinking behind the container yeah well amy before you move before anybody does move just make sure you do your homework correctly i know so many failed relocations where people have said i'm out of here end up arriving in the, in the united states not having done their homework and know that they should have they, they need credit worthiness they need a lot of things before they can even get a house 
So if your container is really on the on the water, going to, to you know to America or Australia, and you haven't got a place to move into, you'll end up incurring massive costs in in foreign currency. So yeah, so try and work out if you if you know exactly what the plan is, you've got a place to move to. Then yes, we work out with your relocations company when approximately you need the goods to arrive, and and we can we can we can track that with you. But my my advice is if you're not sure, rather put it in store in a in in local currency in South African Rand, which is, is, is pretty pretty cost effective and, and cheap before you move. But I think that um, as far as the as we're talking about the delays on 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 on, on you know with, with, with ships, it happens and you we could be out uh, you know if, if ships are delayed depending on what's happening on the uh, with the shipping lines. But we kind of do know and we, we're getting back to a bit more of a normality now, knowing when ships should be able to leave the port of Durban or port of Cape Town to arrive at the, at the country or the, the part of destination. But homework is so important. Um, the next question people want to know is about insurance for storage. Yes. Whose responsibility is that? Okay. When... Um, the the value of, of of people's household effects is far far it far outweighs the cost of a of a shipment. So let's just say if you you you've got really valuable furniture, a three bedroom house, your furniture insurance value could be like a million rand. Um, your 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 shipping costs, let's say from here to to Australia, could end up at like one hundred and fifty thousand rand for a container. That's far far less than a million rand. And and if your goods on on route get damaged and you you suffer let's say a container falls at a gantry and and lots of your stuff gets damaged in a container you could have a claim for seven eight hundred thousand rand and that you know relocation costs can't absorb that that's why all relocations company reputable relocations companies offer all risks insurance that you that 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 will replace your goods if they get damaged or 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 destroyed at the at the country of destination in that currency that in other words you can either go and get it repaired or replaced in that so it is up to the client to take out a policy either with the relocations company for their goods or to to go to their own insurance company and take out a policy to cover the transportation or the sorry question, for any yeah. sorry sorry and the next question people want to know is are they able to choose which port their container leaves from, Cape Town or Durban? Yeah, with with yeah, absolutely, it would just be more costly to 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 take choose that unless you're moving out of Cape Town, of course. But if you're in Johannesburg, um, Durban does make more sense. Um, but if there is major congestion, we would then we we would then send it to Cape Town. But it is it is a a more of a costly a costly much which is a two day trip compared to a to a one day trip. The next thing I was just interested in is watching all those ships going, uh, all those trucks, sorry, going along the road to towards Worlds, Mozambique. Is the harbour at Maputo up and running? Is it functional? Yeah, harbour Maputo is a pretty good good harbour, you know, and it's it's actually from Johannesburg. Maputo harbour is closer than the Durban harbour. And uh, you know, if if they just got their act together uh, at the at the at the Mozambican border, um, the road border, it would it would really make things much better. And I think Johannesburg companies would start using the port of Mozambique rather than uh, the port of Durban. But because it's another country, it does make a there's there are documentation and customs formalities involved in trying to get to move the container from one country to another to move it to a third country overseas. 
but Maputo Port is, is are getting the act together pretty well. Fantastic. Ian, something that I've been meaning to ask you from the beginning, but I wanted to get everything else out of the way is, uh, and we might have to take a break and come back afterwards, is this whole Hutu story, Hutu story in Yemen. Um, you've really got a bunch of ragtag people hijacking ships. Um, and I say that because if you look at the Horn of Africa, I mean, the Somalians who are hijacking ships, um, which is pretty much under control now, were, were nothing more than, than really poverty-stricken people in, in, in big uh, rowing boats. Um, but the bottom line is it's not only caused shipping lines to rethink routes and strategy, but in a way it's crippled certain routes. Um, should that not be able to be overcome quickly? In other words, it'll be like a Somali story where it'll drag on for a while. How will that affect international shipping? Well, at the moment, you know, since the 24th of December, A.V., that there's been 125 ships because of the Red Sea crisis being diverted around the Horn of Africa. So it's already, it's already caused major havoc to a, a lot of shipping companies. Some, some shipping companies aren't prepared to take the risk and go near the Red Sea. So I, I don't know if that really answers it, but the rerouting is happening. But again, because uh, South Africa ports aren't geared up, we could be we could be capitalizing out of this, you know, for refueling of the ships. And a lot of ships don't want to stop it at Durban or Cape Town because of the issues we're having here. So, you know, the, the crisis that's happening in the Red Sea could be too beneficial to South Africa. But, you know, it, it just is just pathetic, you know, what's happening around the world at the moment, really. Yeah, you know, I was listening to your last statement you made, and just I'm sure, similar to you, took you back to primary school. We learned about Jan van der Riebeck and Simon van der Stel and the Cape and the replenishing of ships and that natural gift that we were given to have a rich country in natural resources, a beautiful natural harbors, and we should be. We should be the re-sourcing and the re-stocking of, of everybody in, in this part of the world. But let's take a quick ad break. And then we'll finish off. I'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. And just before we go back to our guest, Ian Petty is the MD of Crown Relocation. I just want to give Hilly Khan of Continental Linen a, a pante. If you are immigrating and you know what size beds you're going to be getting on that side, buy your linen in South Africa. And you've heard Hilly, who's a huge supporter of High FM, go and support him. The cost difference is staggering. In South Africa, you get great quality, you get great advice, and you really are able to sit and talk to somebody who will give you the right sort of stuff. So uh, that was a, just a little bit of me off the top. If you are immigrating and you know the size of bed you're going to have, buy it from Continental Linen here before you leave. Ian, just before I let you go, um, can you quickly just take us through the process like you did last time of you going to someone's house and helping them with the really overwhelming concept of taking all the material possessions, putting it in a box and sending it overseas and also being unemotional and saying to them, this massive heirloom dining room set that you've got is not going to fit in your flat in Tel Aviv 
or in your little uh, apartment in New York City. Take us through that process, how um, Crown redoes it. Yeah, great. Um, Amy, again, um, I, I, something I really do advocate is to do your homework. And uh, if you are moving, let's say, to Tel Aviv, you're moving to New York, um, get involved in a in 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 a, in a chat group with you know you on Facebook, and you know you 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 get these chat chat groups of of South Africans immigrating to Israel, South Africans immigrating to United States or wherever, and you'll you you people will start also telling you their Good, good luck or bad luck stories when they when they when they relocated. But when we get into your house, when you phone a company like Crown and say, "I'd like to, I'm, I'm relocating," our our consultant then will come and do do an assessment with you, and they will actually bring you all the the different formalities and things you need to think about. We'll give you tips and ideas and leave reams of paper with you to go through. But um, you're right uh, there. Houses in South Africa are extremely different to houses in uh, probably Tel Aviv, the center of the city, where you get much smaller units and much smaller places to live in. Definitely in 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 in, in Australia, I've just spoken to a family that moved there, and they say this place is tiny and it's cost me twelve million rand, and it's like a a a a, 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 a duet a duet house, you know, and it's like what I had in South Africa was 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 you know was quarter of that price, and it was like six times the size but you're right so we would talk you through and 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 also work work out what needs to be created what needs to be special wrapped and uh, to ensure that we the minimal damage even if a container does fall or, or get dropped or a box gets dropped that things are cushioned and it's quite interesting just even packing of plates because a lot of people have got really uh, expensive uh, cutlery and crockery plates should be packed on their, their sides, not laying down. There's a less chance of them breaking. It's like an egg. If you lie, stand an egg straight up or light on its side, laying on its side, it will, it, 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 you know, breaks much easier. So plates also, so there's all different little tips that we've learned, learned over the years on what to do and what not to do when you're packing up. And, um, you know, the packing process is, is, is extremely important if you want to have minimal damage when you end up at your country of destination. Ian, thank you very much for your time. Everything of the best. How do people get hold of you guys? Um, crown, crownrelo.com, and you're onto our website and all of the different branches worldwide are noted down there. www.crownrelo.com, and then you can get well, hold of us. Ian, I wish you everything of the best. I hope the uh, port guards listen to your advice and, and get themselves sorted out. And for the sake of South Africa, 